We follow what Ajahn Sumedhu used to do. <laughs> he has a title, but he does. He talks in according to what comes out of his heart or his teaching, his wisdom. So many of us <laughs> follow that too. But it's a good topic because <clears throat> the way it expresses itself, you know, don't grab, let go. That's a miserable thought, isn't it? Well, two words, don't grab, let go. It's kind of violence about it, this sort of, you know, authoritative, you know, order. And it's not what Buddhism is about, you will be happy to know, you know, it's not about <laughs> brutalizing yourself into becoming a free and an arahant. No, it's not a brutal path. It's a very extraordinary path, and you could say. It's not very well known in the world, in a way. Even in Buddhist countries, there are many Buddhist countries, but people practice in a certain way, maybe not without going deeper into the practice itself. And maybe from that going deeper, you can really see the result of the path of the practice. Hmm? Sometimes we can stay at the level of a superficial level where we feel peaceful and tranquil and so on. But the path itself is not about being tranquil and happy and peaceful. All those, those qualities are very important. I will not deny that. But really, what the, what the, what the Buddha has brought into this world is quite unique because it's, it's so, how can I say, it's out of the whole world of, um, you know, Bipolarity, I mean, but it's a kind of bipolar, it's not bipolar, but it's a, a, a mind that is constantly dualistic. So he's taken us straight away into the mind which is not dualistic, you know. It's not that you do this and that is better and that is, we talks about that, of course, you know. But a lot of the practice that we do is neither to grab nor to let go in the way that is brutal or, you know, kind of with an aim at becoming something and getting something out of your practice and so on, you know. Because these are also, the, the you could say, the result of the word, well-known word, desires. Now, I know I struggled with it. I, I continued my practice, but I was struggling with the idea that what does it mean that 
you know, let go of desire, let go of all desires. And I'm glad that I met the secret of, of that, <laughs> quote-unquote, the secret, because I, I find it hard to see the Buddha talking about it. But actually, what he's talking about is not desire is, is bad, you know. It's more that the, you know, as the title would say, grabbing as desire or... I wouldn't want to use this word myself, you know. Is mis it's actually misunderstanding the, these things, you know. It's a misunderstanding, not having really known what he means deeply, you know. So it's very easy to come to a conclusion, you know, that I should be really successful in what I do on the practice, you know, as quickly as I can. I mean, each one of us have a different speed. But <laughs> you, you tend to be, people can tend to be quite impatient when they don't get the result that they expect. So intellectually, we may think about the result of the practice, but actually, life has nothing to do with your intellect. You know, I mean, the intellect is a great tool, makes a difference between being, a, you know, a monkeys and a, and, a, and a human being. We can think, we can reflect, we can philosophize, we can write things, write poems, write letters and so on, books. But really, the teaching is not pointing to, you know, getting something. It's not pointing to, right? It's pointing to using one's own uh, wisdom, one's own knowledge, one's own interest. And more than that, it's this, what they call the, the teaching of the, um, you know, of um, what they call the desire, which is often, you know, uh, defined by the Buddha as something to, you know, not get caught into that, constantly wanting something, wanting something. But on the contrary, it, there is another way the Buddha defined this, this, the word desire. It's called chanda. It's called the five, uh, the f sorry, the four road to, roads to success. And the first one is chanda. Virya, chitta, vimamsa. But I'll just give you, chanda means actually zest. It means also interest. It means also, it's, you know, all these funny words have incredible vast meanings that we can't find in English often, you know. Um, you know, it also means energy, enthusiasm. I think I told you about zeal and zest, yes? So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's developing an energy that enables you to get really interested in what you're doing and doing it well. And when you don't it well, you don't it well, don't make a big problem, you start again. <laughs> you just, you know. So all these words are so simple, most people miss it, you know. We, we tend to be attracted by some complicated, fabricated uh, explanation of things. But in terms of the Buddhist teaching, it's dead simple. It doesn't mean that it's simplistic, you know. It's what is needed is a, 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 the quality of patience to see the mind as it is. And that is not so simple for, for minds that are addicted, habituated, you know, uh, satisfied when they are very agitated, when they're very, um, you know, kind of to, uh, sort of, um, what would you say, when they are just uh, habituated to be constantly in action, 
which is very much our mind. You want to stop it, we can't. Now, you notice that? How many times you want to stop your mind? So people, <laughs> unfortunately, I mean, I smile because I've done this myself. Don't worry, I'm not smiling and laughing at anybody here. I know it's not so easy to imagine that to go fast, you have to go slowly. <laughs> so we see this in books of Zen books and so on, you know. But it's actually true, <laughs> because most of us, it's not just a, you know, a Zen koan, it's also uh, the fact that if your mind is involved in what you are discovering, if you really want to manipulate the mind and so on, it will not take you to where you want to go. If you want to be free, let the mind experience non not non-freedom. Experience this. And then actually, you don't let it go, like throw it away or grab it in one way. It's more, it's much more subtle and gentle and intelligent and, you know, wise. The Buddha just says, you know, you, you know, basically the practice is a matter of, you know, discovering the way the mind works, but not in one day, not in one year, not in one moment, you know. Moment by moment, patiently, very patiently, we begin to see more clearly our mind, more clearly the mind state. Do you understand? You don't see it clearly straight away. You don't even know what it is. My mind? What do you mean, my mind? Actually, the mind in Buddhism is covering, you know, the, you have the body on one's five, namarupa, we call it, you know, sort of form and name, okay? And so it includes form, is a body, and then you have the second is the feelings, the third is a, a perception, the fourth is mental formations, and the next one is a sense consciousness. That's the mind. That's the one that we don't, the, the, all the things we don't see clearly, we don't see them. We see the body, we can touch it, we can, you know, we can do whatever with the body, but your thought and feeling, they're just happening somewhere, aren't they? You don't see them, you feel them, you know, you experience them, but you don't see them, right? Unless you start looking at it more clearly. But it's mostly the difference between looking at the body, looking at the mind, you know, is not in the same category in a way. Even though they work together and they influence each other deeply, you know, enormously, this is such a joy to know that because at least you can, you can train your mind to help your body. You know, when your mind is able to find peace, to find calm, to find a sense of contentment, you know, and also you may come to the point where you really experience quite usually without a big, you know, enormous something, effort or something, the, the empty mind, you know, not because you push it into emptiness, but <laughs> I would be really miserable, but simply be, because you're not really clinging to anything for a little while, you know. Yeah, you're not clinging. And at some point, you know, the mind can stop, not because you force it, but simply because its nature is not to be busy, you know, right? The habits of our mind is to be very busy. You feel very uncomfortable when you're not thinking or planning or doing something for tomorrow, yesterday, or 
in a week time, month time, holidays again at Christmas time. Yeah? We start thinking about that big time, right? We're not even there and finish the end of the, the summer. We're already thinking what am I going to do next year or something. Nothing wrong with that. But if it is constantly just a habit, something you call it ramp if you want to, uh, something. It's not that you let it go. You begin to, the Buddha is not asking, asking us just to let go. We don't have to do anything to let things go. It goes, things goes by, they go by themselves when you stop sort of, uh, uh, what would you say, relating to them in a distorted way. When you stop relating to them in a wrong way. You know, you... For a long time, everything we experience, we think it's mine. It's my, it's, I have a big problem. Well, you may have a big problem, but it's, it is a problem. <laughs> Not necessarily my problem in the sense of I have to torture myself, you know, to solve the problem. And then by the time you torture yourself to solve the problem, you get sick. <laughs> because your mind and your body have been too stressed, you know, to find something that is not really, you, you might not never find because it's gone already. You understand? So, yes. So this kind of, uh, you know, uh, practice are uh, very simple to explain, relatively simple to understand, but it's a pathway through life. It's not a pathway through your intellect and your desire and your wishes. I wish to be, you know, more, you know, concentrated, or I need to to know more about this or about that. That's one thing that you can actually um, discover things you want to discover. But the the path itself. We go through everything. Don't expect that you're going to avoid any problem and difficulty because you're suddenly on the path of liberation. The path of liberation is knowing all your, your life as it is. And life doesn't stop <laughs> because you meditate. Have you noticed that? How life goes, doesn't stop, it keeps going. You know, stories that happened like 30 years ago, you're still remembering the person or something that you know you talked about with somebody, or you insulted, or you felt insulted by someone, right? We still carry them around for a long, long time. Now, it's not a problem. Just you can carry them around as long as you want. You know, as far as as a human being, we are free to do what we what we want. Some level within certain limits, but you know. What is it that actually brings a sense of determination to understand more deeply the difficulties in your practice? You know, we don't grab, we don't let go in a way that we we understand it sort of intellectually. It's not that. What the grabbing that this title is talking about is really, you know, being very. Um, an expert, you know, not expert in how uh, sort of um, address something that you don't know yet, you know, to find out about something that you're not very knowledgeable about. So you're not grabbing. You're just actually relaxing. 
The whole path is learning how to let the mind and body relax. So it stop being on the run all the time. You know, there's a famous kind of a teaching of a book of Ayakema, which is an interesting teaching, you know. Going nowhere, being nobody. I often quote that because she was a very good teacher. But also, um, it's, it, it's a way of expressing how we stay in the moment and get to know things as they are in the present moment. Do you understand? If we're not in the moment, we might probably, wish more than, any, more than, you know, than we think, we are already caught, caught up into a whole field of thinking. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. You don't need to judge it. You just notice you're not here in the now anymore. And the now is not a magic place, you know. The now is just something that enables you to not be caught up in your, you know, mind and body perception, which are not necessarily right or correct, which are still... Uh, you know, very much uh, kind of rooted in a lot of fear and a lot of jealousy, envy, and so on, you know, called me. And that poor me is uh, really is getting all the hellish thoughts of, of those who want to be free from I, me. I have often given teaching now about me because people are so, they, they want to grab me and get it out, you know. <laughs> They want to, gr to grab the eye and think it should not be there. But actually, eye is nothing. This is just a bunch of thoughts, you know? It's your past. It's your story. It's what you think you are. You think we are eyes. So, and eyes, think of it as more like a, an old pocket of stories and things and you know, experience and so on from way back, you know? Let's stay in this life, you know, but way back, you still think like a little girl you were, you know, at the age of four, traumatized maybe by someone or something, you know, still having that impact on you, you know. That's why so many psychotherapists, you know, are very, uh, there are many of them, <laughs> to help people to really pull out that kind of, um, or at least see more clearly. I'm not sure. I mean, I know Buddhism does it. I'm not sure, but there are, you know, other paths. You know, I'm not here to criticize or praise any paths. But so the sense of I, right? It's part of the whole path. It's you know, and at first, imagine that who is walking the path. I haven't met a Buddha when I started in me. I mean, you could see the Buddha is here, but you haven't, you know, I haven't felt like I was a Buddha when I was walking on the, on, on, on the path of liberation, right? It's more like you discover little by little you're living with somebody or something which is not yours because it's an old story. It's an old, you know, it's a past. You can use the past for many things. I mean, it's not that you have to lose your intelligence, you know, to not use the past if necessary. But what we do, we tend to cling and grab, if you want to use the title of, the, of this talk, you know. We tend to really, it's not that we tend, we're just accustomed to cling, do you understand, to me and mine, what we call me and mine. We're accustomed. 
So we grasp at this me and mind, right? And then we blame it because we think it should not be there. I've done something terrible. I keep bumping into me. <laughs> Who else do you want to bump into? <laughs> Your cat? <laughs> Your dog? <laughs> I keep bumping into me. So be it. I say to people, me, what's the problem with me? You know, it's only me. You're only here because you, you discovered that me is not really satisfactory right now anymore. So what's the problem? You should, I say to the student, you know, you should really, I mean, really, technically, you should go to your shrine, you know, and bow three times and say, thank you, me, I, mine, you know, for being around. Because, I, you know, I don't have to torture you anymore. And you're helping me to see how, st how stupid I can be and how deluded I can be. And then we keep beating, up, beating ourselves up to become a really perfect me again, that perfected habit, you know, perfected desire for becoming somebody. You know, the me is not a problem. I say so many times, it's not a problem. If you have, there's no problem, in fact. What is difficult is to realize that there is no problem. Live without problem. It's like, oh my God, I can't live. You know, well, give me something really to be angry and to grab and to, but I can't let it go there yet. You know, we might have read all the book on Buddhism, but still, we might not do it. You know, the book don't won't do it for you. They might guide you in the right direction, but what is missing, it may be the interest and the zest to stay with the mind as it is. And so now I say to people, you know, instead of hating yourself, you know, and complaining all the time about this ego, just thank this, thanks the, the Buddhist teaching that you can see this clearly, right? And you don't have to beat yourself up. You can just like any thoughts, any feelings, any, you know, any perception, you don't have to do anything. All you need to do is to let things go, not let them go, you know. You just let him go. It's like if you have a little hole, you know, let's see, an image that comes to mind, you have a little kettle or something, you know, with water, right? And you, you know, you have this idea, I don't know many idea that comes to mind right now, but <laughs> you have this idea, maybe not this idea, but you're going to pour this water on, on in the kettle and so on, you know. But it's not doing the... Uh, it very well, so you feel you know annoyed a bit because it's not working very well, and then you know it's almost like you wanted to um, I don't know you you don't realize that the water itself will disappear whether you like it or not it will find a hole somewhere where you can disappear for an old kettle I would say a bit you know with holes. So things go whether you like them or not they will not wait for you. Do you understand? They don't wait for you. Yes? They come and they go. Now, we don't know that yet because we come and we grasp. You notice that? No? They come, we grasp them. Or we cling to them. Or we attach to them. You can use any words, really. 
but it's the same thing. We can't let them go yet. I watch my I watch my own mind, you know. You think, oh, after so many years, she probably has an empty mind, you know, twenty four hours, twenty, you know, seven days of the week. Well, I've got, you know, like everybody here, you have plenty of things to attend to. But it's interesting that when you let go, it doesn't mean it has disappeared necessarily. It's simply that your mind is is well trained to not touch it. It's like you know, like like a sentence that comes through, and it's you don't even bother it, you know, because it's not something that belongs to you. I don't know, some limit is the, something that just come across the mind and disappear. It's like listening to a conversation of somebody else, you know, and it, it's gone, and it's not gone because you continue to have to to do the practice and so on. It's simply gone because you are mindful or conscious or aware. That is the. The, the engine behind the heart of practice. The thing that really enables things to follow their natural course is the awareness. My teacher used most of the time now consciousness. Can we use it in any way? We, he told us, you know, he taught us how to know what consciousness is about. And uh, he knew exactly what consciousness is about because his last, one of his late, latest talk was, you cannot know consciousness. <laughs> Which is true. You're conscious. Now, we're conscious that you're conscious to be seated, don't you? You don't have to look at your chair. Something in you is conscious, you know. You too. Huh? You're conscious you have a without looking, a black chair, a black, I don't know, something, dresser, yeah? You know when you're cold, you don't have to look at your feet when they're cold, you know, you can feel them, sense consciousness, yeah? So, um, when we spend quite a lot of energy in, in, a, in a wrong, you know, in a wrong direction, what happens? We try very hard to get rid of things where the nature is to go, but not through a attachment to desire. I need this, this has to go. And sometimes it's in the back of your mind. You don't even know it's there. That's another aspect of the mind. You don't, there's many things we don't know about the mind, even me. I've worked at it for many, many years, but I know there's low, there is a um, level that we don't see so much, you know, at the body, at the level of the body, a level of the habits, you know, that of the body or the, the speech, whatever, you know. There's still things that are needed attention, need attention, and needs also. Um, you know, a, a, a skillful way of letting things go. So to let things go, the most important thing is to see it, but don't have any ideas about it. You may have a lot of ideas just because you like having ideas about things, and it's like a, a researcher, you know, research mechanism. <laughs> but also, Try to see your mind without having to think about a lot. You know, you just observe it. It's like just consciousness is is present, you know, here and now. 
I can know what I feel, I can know that I'm talking, I can know that I'm sitting, I can know, you know, I can know what I'm feeling on my sitting, on my sitting, on my chair, you know. I can know, you know, I mean, right now I'm talking to you, so that's what I do. And uh, you can know, basically, through this awareness, a clear awareness. But it requires silence and not stopping your thinking, but don't cling to them anymore, you know. Don't grasp them, in other words. I mean, you can do what you want, really. I mean, maybe a bit authoritarian, being French, you know, we speak about with a bit of authority, maybe. Not always well understood in England. Think we are angry or oh, upset. It's like the Spanish one, a friend of mine in a couple of friends of mine were telling me that, I don't know if, I, no, it was before that, it was a friend of mine who was telling me that uh, she, 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 they had Spanish neighbors in a family, and at some point she thought they were really having, they were kind of uh, cutting their throat here, you know, each other's throat, and they were just having a nice conversation, you know, <laughs> enjoying time and so on, you know, and I was completely mad in England just to behave like that, you know. I think things have changed probably quite a bit by now, <laughs> with so many kind of different country and uh, coming uh, people from different country coming to stay at England. You know, so we get used to the varieties of language and accent and so on. So, just have to check the time. Yeah. Having said that, there is, um, you know, a lot of tools and a lot of methods as well, a lot of help, hmm? tips, <laughs> you know, to help us along the path, you know, many ways. I mean, going back to my earlier years, or, you know, you can experiment with the mind by just, um, you know, for example, if you feel you are, uh, feel a bit greedy. When you come to the monastery, you can see everything intensely accentuated. Because everything is a bit tight, you know. So I think we, we can't only eat one meal a day. We, we get up, you know, early. We, 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 we do, uh, <laughs> go to bed sometime late. Uh, you know, and we don't have people around you, around us, that we choose, you know. So different people we don't even know well, you know. And so, um, you know, like let's say some of us have done fasting, just to see I did fasting, not for, for that long, but just to make sure that I was amb ambitious, you know, so I wanted to not be eating more than I thought we were right. I had this ambition. But I also knew that I could cut that a bit by knowing that I can be, I can do fast, do you understand? So I did fasting, and that the ambition come down, you know, the ambition just say, okay, oh, she can do it, it's all right, I don't need to bother her as much as I used to now. You understand? Many things like that can help. Or you stay uh, sitting for maybe half an hour without moving and just quiet, you know, you just do breathing without going to vipassana, you know, just looking at the body and feeling what's going on and so on. You know, you can just do breathing gently. If you feel at ease with that, you know, some, not everybody feels comfortable with breathing. 
So sometimes I turn to Medu, I taught us for many years, just, um, you know, sit, basically, and just relax. You know, and you can have your eyes closed, or semi-closed, or your eyes open even, and just be present. You're just here, and things are happening big time, but we don't know it, because we don't not familiar with it. When you are aware and mindful, a lot of things are moving around with you, and you don't know it, you know. I did not know that when I started, you know. Like, for example, you sit like this, you know, I used to cross-legged and so on, you know. And people know that, I mean, you know. It's, and suddenly you hear your spine, <coughs> you haven't done anything, you know, you're just kind of breathing in and out. You know? What's that? You know, it's just the vertebras are relaxing. Well, nothing mystical, you know. Or suddenly you feel that the body is incredibly relaxed when you just sit quietly and even look at a tree or something. Enormous relaxation. Why is it relaxed? It's because you empty your mind from all the traffic, habitual traffic, you know. Can't stop talking sometimes, you know. Now, the traffic is not a problem if you don't attach to it. It's like, it's not a bad thing. Don't ever create something out of Buddhism that makes you feel guilty or unless you're breaking all the precepts, you know. But, you know, that makes you feel like a bad person. I mean, in, in Buddhism, you, you, you know, you're encouraged to encourage yourself to practice. So stop beating yourself up and creating, the, uh, you know, somebody who is a monster living with you. Yeah? Just make the, you know, find a person that's really lovely and good. The fact that you even come to Amaravati and do the teach, listen to the teaching or practice meditation and so on, praise yourself. And it's not an exaggeration. It's a good thing to do that. It's a rare thing as well. Not only rare, but it's a rare thing to find. A, I'm not talking about myself, by the way, but a good teacher like Ajahn Sumedho, Ajahn Amaro also, all the great sort of, um, you know, those who practice. I mean, not, <laughs> Ajahn Amaro and actually we started almost at the same time, but <laughs> so we saw the same generation. But, you know, just to be able to, you know, receive that knowledge. Now, what is missing once you leave Amarawati is that you easily forget it, you know. Maybe not immediately, but a bit too fast, you know. And that's what the Buddha actually proposed, you know, when his um, attendant, Ananda, was his cousin, yeah. When he, um, you know, when Ananda said to ask the Buddha, you know, is a spiritual friend half of the holy life? Holy life is a pathway that we walk on. Yeah? Is it half of the holy life? And the Buddha said, not so, Ananda, not so, Ananda, not so. The spiritual friend are the whole of the holy life. Now think about that, reflect on that, what that means. Because we're also our friend, aren't we? Yeah, we are also our friend. But the friends, you know, that's, that's why we need those friends. Even sometimes we find it difficult to be with people who are so absorbed into their own practice of meditation. 
But, you know, we, we, we have, we have a lot of friends. I mean, especially from my, my generation, we have many, I mean, not so many, many people have gone, but a number of, if, they, if they're not here, they can be abroad or something, we can contact them, you know. But friendship with people who are really interested in practice and helping and so on, you know. So this is very important to be surrounded by people that understand the past, understand, you know, the question maybe you ask, you know, and also that are, they don't have to be perfect, they won't be perfect, and if you want them to be perfect, you're in trouble already. You're already in trouble, you know, just to want something from other people. We start with ourselves, always. And um, one thing you can really let go <laughs> and, and not grab. I've talked about it yesterday. I was doing the workshop, and um, you know, there is something we don't very often know, you know, discovered. And it's like a renunciation in a way. You know, when we are suffering, first noble truth, by the way, you know. We, it's very easy for us to blame somebody else. Have you noticed that? We don't see ourselves as a culprit. We tend to go immediately, maybe. You know, it's, it's a way of saving one's face, you know, one's skin. <laughs> you know, you just rather find something wrong with somebody else than admit you did it, you did it wrong. It's so common. And it's fear, it has to do with fear. We're frightened to be discovered. Not, not, it's not a bad thing, it's fine, you know, it's human. I, don't, I know it very well, you know, I mean, what I'm talking to you is what I've experienced, you know. It's not some kind of odd things. And so this is something I want to talk a little bit about, since we're talking about grabbing and letting go, I'm going to take that little bit there. In Buddhism, at some point you realize very clearly that even if it is the fault of others that you are miserable and has said rude, says, rude words to other people and be you know, impolite and so on, even if it is a, there is a good cause for it, at some level of the practice, you know that you're not looking for a culprit in your life, right? You're looking for what kind of reactions you had to the culprit, to the person that you feel is your, you know, the person who brought so much pain to you. The teaching is not just, you don't ignore that somebody has been horrible and there's many ways to actually deal with that, you know, the first time of seeing being communication, right communication, working or work with other people, but, Really, at some point, you realize that most of the pain you receive, you experience, has to do with the reaction you have to them. You know, if somebody hurts you, and the way you react is the pain that you experience more than anything. Understand? <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, hide the fact that there, there are causes, there are people who will, you know, who have maybe uh, caused a lot of pain in your life. It's not that. So you're not blind, you're not stupid. 
you can see the people, but then you become more wise to understand where people are at. You don't hang around people that are not really very skillful in dealing with each other, you know, rude or lying or cheating or, you know, pretending to be something they are not or, you know, all that sort of thing. And a lot of aspects, I mean, an aspect that we don't deal with so often is to see how we are affected by the misery of others. Right? It's cool. It's an emotion. It's the emotional world, you know, or the feeling world, or the sensations world, or the, you know, how we feel these things. So, um, practicing the teaching, practicing this path, you can see that we can be very spongy. Yeah, you know, we, we, we absorb a lot of things, especially if you're sensitive, you know, and really, um, yeah, easily hurt. Some people are easily hurt for nothing. Some people are less easily hurt, yeah. They, and a lot of the protection we have in our life, it's the same thing. It's this mindfulness. You know, this mindfulness has a really, you know, we don't look for it because it's here already, but we don't forget it. Do you understand what we have already? The mindfulness, the awareness, brings us like a protection. You will see when your mind is distracted and thinking about many things and so on, people, you can break your feet or you can, somebody can, you know, you're just distracted and anything can happen if you're distracted. But when you are mindful, you know, it's not like you are one conscious, you know, conscious of one thing. You know, there's mindfulness that with the mind open, wide open, and the concentration when the mind closed like this, one object, and you have the mind open, which means you're not just kind of looking at, at your nostril, right? You're also looking at, you have the capacity, the mind, the eyes, this consciousness has the capacity to see wide, to see in a wide way. Yeah? So when you practice, double check, it's, it's, a, it's not a matter of remembering what I say, it's a matter of actually double-checking what I said, you know, because that goes very well with the spirit of Buddhism. The Buddha always said, you know, don't believe me. Don't believe me. Experience it for yourself. It's interesting because one day I fell across a little sutta, a teaching of the Buddha, which I've never seen before. It was quite short, and it was just he was giving a teaching to the to monks, you know. And Sariputta was there. Sariputta is at the highest, highest uh, disciple, you know. He said Sariputta and I are the same, or something like that. You know, so. And then, Sari, you know, the Buddha kind of ended his teaching, and he said, uh, "Have you, you know?" How do you say? Because I several of those. Um, I think it's 
That's right. No, no. He finished his teaching and he said to Sariputra, Sariputra, do you believe what I said? And Sariputra, the most famous disciple of the Buddha, said, no. I was so happy. Oh, my God. What an extraordinary being to find a teaching that makes people free and let them free to find that for themselves. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it? No, I don't believe you. I don't believe what you said. And he prays, the Buddha prays Sariputta. Because it's not a question of remembering things. I mean, yes, you can remember things and be, we can be very conceited, you know, by the fact the mind knows this and knows that. And yeah, yeah. Uh, give you a list of this, you know, having a good memory, you can remember this, this, and this, and that, and this, and that, and you've never done an hour meditation, perhaps, you know. It's better than nothing. <laughs> I don't want to discourage anybody, you know. It's better to learn something. But it also to experiment, because it's the experiment actually takes you to liberation, not remembering, you understand. That's sometimes where Buddhism is misunderstood. I mean, it's it's quite a it's it's kind of inverted comma. It's a demanding path, you know. It's not something so easy because it takes it takes certain time, you know, to just understand all these different aspects of mind, body, spirit, you know, to understand, but also to see clearly how things go. The Buddha is not just talking about things go, come and go, uh, you know, because you, you know, he has this good idea about, about things going, but he's teaching us so we can actually see for ourselves, experiment, you know. And we would not be so grabbing type, <laughs> since I use the title of the... <laughs> we would not be grabbing so so much, you know, or pushing, you know, trying to let go so much which, you, know, you, know, you know, through a form which is not actually very effective. You know, because the more you want to get rid of things, guess what's behind it? It's called rejection, not wanting. And that's one of the three truths of the cause of suffering in Buddhism. Yeah, it's the second aspect of the Noble Eightfold Path. The second one is about, you know, we get, we, 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 we suffer because we are caught up with sense pleasure and we attach to it. Then we suffer because we want to become something, which means we are distracted from the work that's need on, needed when you really transform the heart, mind, body you know, in the here and now, through awareness. Awareness is now. Shantsumedu <laughs> spent many, many time to tell us, we are in awareness, you know, and everybody are looking, doing 20 hours of thing, of meditation to find awareness. And he said, you don't have to look for it, you are in it right now. But that doesn't, it's not clear to a lot of people. It's too simple almost, you know, it's so simple. Awareness is a bit like, um, you know, what happens when you are in silence? Do you understand? When you are in silence. Suddenly there's a quality of the heart, mind, body 
which is quite different from the busy mind. Yeah? The silent mind. It's a very powerful mind. And like me, and like many people, you know, we don't want to be silent because uh, we're frightened to be silent sometimes, you know? We're frightened of what comes up. <laughs> Some people will smile, but they obviously have experienced it. And just being with an empty mind is people are so frightened, you know. Completely, you know. You can't stay for too long, you know, without thinking. So it's a, it's a habit. It's not something that you create or a problem. It's just a habit. So you can let that go, but you don't let that go again, I repeat, by pushing it away and resisting it and you know, keep, rever you know, pushing it away. No. You, you let go of everything by just knowing the, their nature. You look at something you want to get rid of, you start experiencing, experimenting the feeling of wanting to get rid of. That's where you start. That feeling is a culprit. Is a culprit. We look for the thing more solid, like, you know, that the story, the memory, the this and that, the person, the, the thing, the, the objects, the, you know, something external and solid. So very often, you just have to go to your emotional, you know, the feeling, the feeling of emotion. If you, if you, let, if you let that be, it will move. If you want to let it go, it will cling. Because you are like this, you're holding it. <laughs> I don't want you. You know, you're holding it. But if you let it there, it's free. Your feelings are free, it will go. What a joy. <laughs> Anger, frustration, misery, jealousy, a whole lot can go. But it will come back, don't worry. It will come back again. It's not going to go when you want it to go. It will go, you know, you won't have to do anything. When you can see the result of practice, when you let things be as they are, and you see them moving on, on their own. But not, you don't, see a, you don't see a picture particularly, you just feel suddenly really fantastic, like, you know, really great. How many pain, how many things have let go like that, you know? You just observe, and you think they've changed. You know, it's not a miracle. Things have changed. So it's a movement all the time here. Don't think it's not moving, right? But when you appease the mind and body, then that influences the whole system, your whole life. If you continue, I'm just kind of, yeah, I don't want this, I want that, blah, 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 you know you can easily be spending the rest of your life in movement that drives you nuts. <laughs> I don't know if it is a slang word in English. Does it drive you nuts? No, it's a normal, quite normal. Now he's staying with us, that's why I'm looking at him, because he was at a workshop yesterday, so... <laughs> It's a lot to learn, eh? but a lot to unlearn as well. 
or your habits. You can just, you know, say, talk to them nicely. Say, you've been really helpful, you know. Thank you. And a smile, and you breathe in and out. Thank you for helping me for so long. But now, you know, breathe in and out. Don't have to give them an answer. <laughs> now, it's the unknown. I'm going into the unknown. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going, but I'm kind of guiding. I'm guiding through. I'm guided through mindfulness. You know. Yeah. When you don't know what to do, stay in the non, not, not, you know, very often what is missing in all human, I think, cats, dogs included, and everything. I think cats and dogs are more tuned in, actually. They know where they need to go and not go. They don't have so many doubts, I notice, you know. Cats that come to my I notice they just know that if nothing happened, they're going to twist their brain to find out the meaning of doubt. You know, they're just going to sit down in the sun and wait for to be cuddled, scratch on your back. You know, but humans are more complicated. Let's face it. You know, so we tend to make things extremely more difficult for us because we have a brain that's insatiable. You know, it just wants to have the the end word, so to speak, you know, he wants to wants to find out, but the brain will not. It doesn't. Do you understand? Because very often, why? It's because for one thing, it might not be trained very well yet. You know, do you understand? You think in a way that may not be correct. For example, you know, we or we we talk in a way that's not maybe correct. But also because we, um, you know, we're always in a hurry. You know. We don't have a lot of patience. And yet, I want to quote the Buddha again because I really, <laughs> I was very inspired by the Buddhist teaching, by the kind of incredible freedom and clarity, you know, that we are offered by this teaching. And one of them was, you know, yeah, to, um, what can I say, just to be able to see things without complicating anything, without complicating, right? And so the fact that we um, make things more difficult doesn't help much, does it? Yeah? Yet, because we are habituated to complexities, we would rather go there than just a simple breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, or, you know, and see the result of that, you know? Yeah, or do a determination to keep the precept for three days and you find out what happened. That's quite amazing. You know, I did that with fasting, with thing you cut, you know, for maybe a week or something. Not the fasting, fasting with more maybe chocolate kind of thing like that. Thing we have in the afternoon. And, um, you know, thing that you like, you cut it for a few days like that, and you realize you survive it, you know. So they give you the confidence, you don't have any more doubt, I can do it, you know. I, I, I don't have to worry about it, I can do it. But, you know, you may not be able to do it all the time you want, but still, you have lost the sense of, I can't, I can't do it, yes I can, yeah. And... Um, hmm.
Maybe just to finish, we nearly down the end of the hour. You know, if you are really interested in Buddhism, you don't make you don't need to make a big things. Just be very patient. You know, I was talking about patience. Huh? Don't be very patient because it's not so easy to discover the mass of habits we have, which may not be uh, the world that we want to carry on forever, and yet it will take time to let go. It won't go straight away. It will take a, quite a long time sometimes, you know, because we, we, you know, the Buddha talks about the kilesa, which means all the miserable mental states, for example, you know, klesha. And, you know, experimenting those is not fun because they're not particularly pleasant. But the Buddha don't ask you to become a saint and to think like a saint or to speak like a saint. You know, I'm not referring to any religion in particular. You know, I just use the word saint because that's used in England, in an English language. But, you know, it's it's a question of, um, you know, to to... Start again, you know, every day you start again. You've messed it up all day, never mind. You forgive yourself and start again. Don't give up. <laughs> in other words, don't give up. Don't give up in the practice. Because we can easily make ourselves quite depressed by thinking, oh, I can't do it, I will never be able to do it, blah, 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 you know. No, this kind of words may be helpful in the past, but now, instead of doing that, or saying that, can't do it, can't do it, no, it's not me, and then giving you the freedom to, you know, empty a bottle of wine because all but out of drugs or whatever you want to call it, I don't know, but just to distract you for, for a while from the misery of the mind, you know, that's what happened. Many people are into these things because they can't take it anymore, they can't take the world, they, they are part of, you know. But, you know, just to, to finish with patience, you know. <clears throat> there is a famous ovada, which is called Ovada Patimoka, which is through four stanza. And I don't remember them all, but they're very simple. But I don't remember them all. I, want to, I don't want to mess up the, <laughs> the little poems there. But basically, patience, endurance are the highest austerities. That's the first line that I've never forgot, you know. And the end is um, purifying one's heart, refraining from evil, and um, I know, the first one is to do good, refrain from doing evil, and purify your heart. That's the, that's the last stanza, that's the last line. Yeah? And it's so helpful just to be remember, reminded of these three states, you know, three things. Because sometimes we are lost, you know. We're lost. We don't know where to go. We, we, we feel really maybe frightened, fearful. We don't know what we're going to do, maybe. So just saying, refrain from doing evil, you know, don't do any harm to you or to anybody else. Uh, you know, do good, do good, refrain from doing evil, and do good. Just doing good is very important you know, in whichever way you can without killing over because you want so, you want, you're so ambitious, you want to do good all the time, day and night, and they get exhausted and you collapse with a, with a disease, you know. 
Do good for yourself. You start for yourself. Do good. Refrain from doing evil with yourself. Then that will have an influence from outside. You understand? When you start with yourself, don't try to ask people to be at peace when you yourself are, no, are presenting yourself as a nervous wreck. Yeah? It doesn't, it's not going to inspire the people you're talking to. Do you understand? So, patience, endurance are the highest austerity. He doesn't say, speak, you know, sleep on the bed of, on the bed of nails, fast for three months, don't do this, don't do that. He just said, patience and endurance. You know, to be able to bear with things which find difficult. Not because you want to hurt other people or you hurt yourself. Don't do that. Do it out of kindness. Out of kindness. Did you hear me? Rather than out of turning into a perfect Buddha. So I stop here. So, it's <clears throat> 60, 17 minutes past three. And people can ask questions if they wish to. This question sometimes can help many people, so don't feel shy, you know. Some people sometimes don't dare asking questions, but uh, it's okay. We're here for this. And I'm I'm hard I'm hard of hearing. It's not too bad. I mean, with my friend, I can talk fairly clearly. But if it's a big room like this, I said I bring a chair so that people can talk to me, and I can hear really well. So, any question? So come here. Technically, could you take a, a microphone, which is at the the one you took yesterday. Can you hear me? Yes. So, um, Long Horse Omedo often talks about kind of just being here and kind of being aware. Um, but often the... almost as if it's a passive process, but sometimes I feel like the act of um, being aware and staying present is very much active because of the tendency to go off to different places with the mind and so so sometimes if uh, you're sitting um, and just say okay I'm just gonna be aware you know whether you watch the breath or not or something else um, is uh, yeah an act and uh, it, it's a it's an active process because the mind wants to go to so many different places mm. I was just Wondering if you um, could reflect on when you and when Longpo talk about 
just being aware, not, you know, trying too hard, but also the balance between that and uh, making sure the mind isn't wandering what off. Or what do you think when Ashton Samuel say, be aware, what does that mean for you? What does that kind of uh, evoke in you? Um, I think it, it's definitely a balance to being too tense about, say, the meditation, being too, um, like, averse and trying to, like, control everything and kind of, so it, it's, it's, it's a balance to being too tense, but um, I do sometimes find a more active process or more more active um, mindset can be helpful as well. And what kind of active mindset do you want? Uh, remembering to stay in the present. So, which is kind of what he says. You want to to have a mindset is remembering what's in the present. Yeah. It's not clear to me. What what would you want to remember the? the what do you want? I mean, I have a question which I can ask. I mean, after all, you say, why do you want to remember the, pre the, the present moment? What for? What is attracting you? <laughs> eh? interesting. I kind of know a little bit what you mean, you know, I, I, I have an idea, don't worry. But why are you bothered by that? What bothers you about that? What frightens you? What is something that frightens you? Don't be, don't be shy to speak, you know, he says, we all speak, yeah. I don't, I don't have uh, specific things coming to mind, but it's very interesting to reflect on, it's very interesting to reflect on that. I don't have anything uh, that's coming to mind specifically, but um, that's right, stopped I'll, it, yes. I'll reflect on it, yeah. Stop. I, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I got a bit of an idea, but still it's not, not clear to me. Uh, can you make it in three words, your question? I mean, three, four. I th I think you kind of answered my question. Like, it, I have so yeah. It's some. It's given me something to work with. So thank you. I want you, uh, to give you a simple question mm -hmm. about your question. What's the problem? That's it. What's the problem? Is that, I mean, I can see it's something that interests you, but for me, I don't. I still not care what you want, really. Do you want to control your mind and think when you want to think and not think when you don't want to think? Or are you frightened that maybe if you do what Ajahn Sumita is doing, you're going to be just a, left like a stone on your chair and do nothing? No? No, to me it's just interesting um, reading um, both kind of different aspects of the practice where um, you're trying to kind of put forth effort and energy, you know, virya, um, and, ha and then I can see somehow how at the same time that connects into um, 
like, yeah, I guess how to connect. But I don't really, yeah, I don't have a problem. I just find it, I just find it interesting um, to me to try and connect this idea of you don't need to like do anything in that sense. Were you, don't, or don't where do, you used don't. to do things, where you used to do things, hmm? where in your practice, where you used to doing hmm. things? I guess sometimes when uh, in meditation, when you want to, or when I want, when in the beginning I'd like to establish some focus, um, to, to stay with the breath and establish that intention, mm -hmm. um, that for me feels like an active process, making that intention, or um, to, as you were saying, you know, sometimes push, pushing yourself to see if you can do, if you can do it, as you were saying with, uh, so like, uh, I, will, I will sit here for this hour, and I will do that, and that's kind of finding ways to create energy to, to maintain that, mm. and sometimes, this idea of we are in awareness, we're in consciousness, sometimes that's very useful to bring to mind as a reflection, but sometimes it can feel like um, I'm trying to think how to describe it like oh yeah, well I am aware, okay mm -hmm. I'm aware and then I'll be, okay I am aware and then you see um, the focus kind of dissolves and the mind does what it always does, which is kind of wanders around a little bit and, and you see that and you try and come back, but you know, you I, I, I'm still not making my question clear. You can see whatever you want in the mind, you know, I mean, it's, it's up to you, you can see whatever you want. You can do whatever you want with your mind. So there's no kind of a, a rigid kind of stuff, you know. But what I mean is I don't, don't make it Complicated, you know. It's, it's, I mean, when you, is, are you just starting the meditation? It's not something you've done for too long, yeah? Maybe a year. One year, two years, yeah. Yeah, Martin Samido speaks about you know his practice after fifty. God knows how many fifty years, you know. So he's just, you know, what he's really asking is that instead of focusing on method, on technique, on words, on this and that, you know, he's just saying, it's not like you have to, he's just saying, remember, basically consciousness is not doing anything. It's very hard to do nothing. Have you noticed that? No? Find out, you know, I mean, even now you're sitting on your chair, you're doing something, you know. Well, from my point of view, it doesn't need to be done anything, but do you know what I mean? So um, you don't need to, you don't, you know, you don't need to worry about it. These things, don't think so much, you know. That, what I mean by this, if you think too much, you still have your old thoughts coming up, you know, sorting out this and sorting out that, old feeling coming up, sorting out this, sorting out this or that, you know. And uh, you don't need to do all that. I mean, you can just be present. And then after that, sometimes you decide to be, go into concentration if you want to, you know, with one-pointed concentration, or you, you know, but you need a good teacher for that. You don't do this just on your own, or you end up at a psychiatric hotel, a hospital. Be careful. Yeah? 
But, yeah, it needs some kind of guidance. But, um, you know, what you need to do in the practice is don't believe anybody, just do it yourself. We're not here to believe Ajahn Sumedho, he wouldn't want us to do that. And when you say, you know, just, uh, you know, what, what he can see for many decades now, you know, he can see so many people, I mean, even in the early years, he doesn't know so much the latest years, you know, when people are meditating and doing lots of retreats and so on, you know, even though he has done tons of retreats and so on, and he has taught tons of retreats, but what I mean is that, same for me, I mean, you know, we were talking for people who hadn't done much meditation, but were really, really keen, right? Now, many people have done a lot of meditation, you know, so what is encouraging more? Don't be so stuck on the, uh, you know, on certain things, just be present. But when you are present, because the ego is not involved so much, you feel like you're doing nothing, you know, it's not, not very exciting. Don't worry, things will come up, I can tell you. The mind is not staying quiet for very long, usually. Look at that, they're smiling and laughing, these two people, because they know they have seen that, you know. You stay quiet for five minutes and then you get the whole soup of misery coming up. It's not, nothing stay as they are, you know. You can do whatever you want, you can experiment, as long as, you know, within the precepts, you know. Don't experiment by making somebody miserable or, you know. Do you understand? So that you can be your own explorer. So, any more? Finish with questions? Take advantage, otherwise you might lose it. Do you have any question? No. Do you meditate? Who took you here? Oh, your auntie. Your children. Oh, they're so nice. Very well behaved. We <laughs> got a feeling you had done meditation for a long time because you are very quiet. Oh, wow. You do it at home, meditation? Okay, come here. Yeah, you can do it here. You can do what you want. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where to start because I wonder whether I could be um, continuing what you're saying. Um, I'll tell you about a dream I had some time ago um, after listening to Adama talk about mind. I had a dream, and this dream was I saw a stream, and I woke up, and it was going very, very fast, and as soon as I woke up, I thought, oh my God, I have no chance, that's mind. I felt like I saw my mind, and it was going so fast, and I was drowning in the dream. And, but intuitively, I felt that was my mind, and um, it was quite an emotional experience. And then uh, later on, some months later, I had another dream, and it was more quieter. The same, similar dream, but it was going slower. And then, see, I would then have experiences 
I wasn't sure because I kept on listening to Dharma talks and I wasn't very sure of ego, what is ego, what is I, what is consciousness and what is awareness. Whose Dharma talks are you listening? Um, some here, some on, <laughs> Dhamma, some on Dhamma talks by a monk from, um, I can't remember his name, but he was a Burmese monk. A what? A Burmese monk. I can't hear it. Come here. From Burma. Burma. Oh, Burma, Burmese, yes. And I could see... Is it in Oxford? No, no. It was a, an American website oh. called Dharma Talk on an app I had. Oh, I and I wasn't very well either. This was after 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wonder whether this might be useful for you. Because I, could, I couldn't distinguish between ego and I and awareness. Sometimes I got confused. And, then some, and I would do a lot of Vipassana during the day when my children were young. Um, and one time I would see, it was only recently, very recently, I could see, oh my God, that's the ego. Okay, that's the ego. And it hadn't, because I couldn't distinguish which was ego. And yes, so I don't know whether that's useful. But you mentioned consciousness and Adyan or Lumpur or Sumedho. So consciousness and what was the other just, one? Just consciousness. And um, you said that Ajahn Sumedho said, what is consciousness? Why so is consciousness? What, what is consciousness? What it is, what is it? Okay. We, we're not sure what it is. Yeah, we thought, we, we, I mean, that's what he said, but I don't have, nobody has to, he's not you know, asking people to believe him. But sure. That's just, uh, so my request is, what, I, I'd like you to, to say more about what consciousness is. Um, <laughs> Or, or we reflect on what consciousness is. And um, I think what you were saying when I was questioning you, quest- asking myself the questions you were asking um, is how to be in the moment. Um, and I, there was a, I felt like I was trying to control myself to be in the moment, which, which I think your talk was saying is so simple that we can miss it. It's so, so simple. And um, the mind was just trying to grasp to be in the moment. And then it just clicked. One day it just clicked and it said, but I, I obviously don't stay there all the time. And it was, it's actually just returning to the moment. It's constantly returning rather than trying to grab my mind well, you don't to be return. in the moment. You don't return in the present moment. The present moment is too, still here. You know, you're still here. You just your soul is taking you away somewhere. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You, yes. you, you, the, the 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 mind itself hasn't moved. You know, it's still there. The mind is not just your little brain. You know. So, um, if I were you right now, I would just let all go. <laughs> what I mean, it's 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 a, it's a work to do. You know, you don't work. Letting go doesn't come just like that necessarily. You know, sometimes you have to actually remind your mind to say, don't do that. You know, you have to talk to your mind, right? When sometimes when we have a, a maybe a little, uh, you had a, a difficult time with somebody, you know, and um, you let go, you feel, okay, and then it comes back in the mind, even though you don't believe it, it still comes back. You know, the the... 
you know, conscious, I mean, the mind itself does not stop because you have seen it clearly, you know, what this sentence that keeps going back, you know. But it, just com it comes back, and eventually, eventually, when you do the practice, it just goes away, you know, it's no problem. But I remember just one day I noticed that, you know, you notice things come up, and I say, no, don't, no, 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 it's all right, it's all right. But it was not aversion particularly, it's a story I know very well for, you know, I've seen, I've heard, I've, it's not something, uh, you know, that I need to remember, you know, not something that... So eventually, everything died. Do you know what a, a very wonderful uh, quote by Ajahn Shah? He said, I loved it. Mindfulness is a graveyard, graveyard of all things. Now, you say that to a young man, you know. For me, I jumped of joy. Don't ask me why, you know, but I knew what he meant. I knew what he meant. And I can share what I knew what he meant. You know, when you practice, you see so many things that are really inadequate, also so many things that are not particularly healthy or not particularly good or not particularly, you know, but, you know, basically embroiled with all the kilesa, you know, all kind of negative, you know, things that you don't believe in, but still, it's all kind of embroidered with it, you know, and. Uh, when I read this text, you know, the, the you know, the, um, how can I say? Uh, mind, yeah, mindfulness is a graveyard of all things. You know what he meant? He meant all the things that you're trying, I mean, I could say in a, you know, in a way, in some, some way like that, so I say, all the things you've been trying so hard to really get rid, get rid of inverted coma, you know? Ajahn Shah is telling you, mindfulness, just mindfulness, enables things to die, to live. Do you understand? And what dies? It was, was born, you know, it's not something so special. It was born and he died, you know, and he leaves room for the new, the new world to continue to, to, to be part of you, rather than just con constantly depending on the past. And the past can be very useful just for experience. You know, the experience you had in the past can be helpful. But a lot of the time, you notice, we can go into the past for just, just because we are just habituated to that, you know. Or we are habituated to, to think. Then you come to a point, for me, I just love sight. I just love the emptiness and not knowing and not knowing. I don't want to know. Because I feel very much like life is, is guiding us, you know. Life is everywhere, you know. Yeah? We don't need necessarily to depend so much on the past or the heaviness of the burden of the past. The thing that is not adequate anymore. When you, you, you go back too much into the past, you don't even know if that the, what is being said from the past is adequate to what is happening in the present moment. Very rarely, you have so many perceptions about people, about things, about places, and so on. You know that you're not really, you're, you know, fresh and open, and like, you know, looking at something for the first time, so you can see them really well. We tend to, um, 
be um, you know caught up in the perception the way they looked you know a week ago two weeks ago and so on you know rather than open-minded without any ideas with an empty mind you know and don't the empty mind doesn't need to doesn't need you do you understand empty mind comes when you have seen so many things you know that that, that have died in a way because of no need to be there so old things you know and then little by little, and the, this old thing is not just old, it's also painful, you know. And you notice this pain, you don't need it. You know, you don't need to. It's not necessary to carry an old pain. But it's hard to let go, let's face it, you know. Yeah, it's not easy to let go of old pain. Even when we forgive everybody, even when we forgive ourselves, and when still it's sometimes it's stuck sometimes in your emotional thing somewhere, you know, emotional kind of section of your stomach somewhere. <laughs> then what you do, you just become very kind to all these feelings, you know. You don't fight with them, you don't try to get rid of them, you don't try to push them away. My golly, I mean, it's just Mother Nature, you know, is there, leave her alone. If she, even if she didn't go do a good job at some point, because you're, the, Mother Nature is, I'm wrong, I don't know, but Mother Nature is doing a bad job, not because she's doing a bad job, because you're repeating the same old story of Mother Nature in a moment when she's not, she would not say that, you know, she would not give you that answer. You understand? Each present moment is fresh. And that's when, uh, one of the reasons why Ajahn Shah has always encouraged his disciples to speak straight from the heart, you know, rather than even if you don't know what to say at some point, you know, and then the heart starts speaking. Not necessarily a great, uh, you know, a great conference or where you get all the right word, all the right, you know, coma, the right place, and so on, you know, and interesting words, more maybe sophisticated, in, you know, language. But you speak mainly from your experience, you know. And that, because it's an experience in the here and now, it's, um, you know, when sharing this, some people can experiment with it and benefit you know, from experience rather than remembering things and knowledge, mental knowledge, you know, intellectual knowledge. That's the hard part, isn't it? We love Amarawati, we like, you know, and then after a while you just get really fed up, you know, because you want something maybe different or you, want, uh, you don't want to have the same thing happening every day. So that's just the work we do here at Amarwati as a training, part of the training. It you know, requires a real steady way of relating to things as it is, you know, because it's like quite a lot of repetitive, you know. And I was not at all into repetitiveness myself. I would like to do something very exciting almost every day when I was young, you know. And I, I learned to really, you know, learning how to let go of any of the suffering that was kind of causing me to be miserable, you know, not through rejection or not through repression or not through terrible judgment, but simply through the, the benefit of having a teaching that's very kind. 
You know, you don't you don't push things away. You just notice how hurtful they are, or how painful, or how inadequate. They just give you the wrong answer. They give you the wrong response. You know, and and when you notice that again and again and again, it's not difficult for things to to die. You know, it's like they don't have any place anymore. They're too old. I'm not talking about me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. I like to make jokes sometimes, but it doesn't always work now. <laughs> I'm too English. <laughs> yeah, so did that, we were with you, no? That's right, huh? Okay. Tanajan, uh, thank you very much for your uh, and Encouragements during the talk, <laughs> the my talk. Um, Tanajan, you, you spoke about um, suffering and difficulty about letting go suffering. And about the last one uh, about suffering. Yes, that's letting, I had. Letting uh, difficulty to letting go suffering. Uh -huh, yeah. uh, can we say that uh, the only thing that we hold on is our own suffering? Uh, what what we suffer is our own suffering. What is that? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I mean, uh, you know, um, what we are attached to, actually, is uh, the suffering itself. So actually, we we like attached to to our like suffering, like these feelings in the body, mm -hmm. uh, but we uh, like uh, yeah, we are attached to them and don't want let them go. What what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Gosh, you're so complicated, people, aren't they? <laughs> I know him well. <laughs> so, what do you want to know exactly? Uh, it's all right. I'm just going to see if I'm maybe, clear enough. Uh, or maybe so talk uh, about suffering. Yes. Yeah. And maybe. maybe suffering, uh, are you saying, if I, just to say, wonder if I can understand what you said? So, uh, is that the suffering that comes from inside? You know, is is really the the real suffering rather than? from outside or outside, you talked about suffering that come from outside or the suffering inside, I'm not 100% what we're saying. Um, yeah, actually... En uh, uh, français? Uh, uh, oh, He's French. Only en français. I'll give you a quick translation. <laughs> Uh, actually, during during my practice, I was like struggling to let go uh, certain uh, like uh, things of past. Yeah. And uh, when I looked uh, inside, I actually realized, oh, actually, um, this what I'm hold on is is suffering. So actually, I was like holding on suffering. Oh, I suffering. was like yes. uh, taking pleasure suffering. in suffering, actually. And yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, right. That's yeah. right. Achan Sumedo used to I mean my teacher because he was my teacher in the early years. You know, he hasn't taught much. He, he teaches here, but he doesn't guide in the way he used to. So he used to show us something. You know, let me say, you know, I, I, I hold this, you know, because I'm going to have a bottle of some water, you know, and that's useful. And maybe I can't use it straight away, you know. So, you, do, you know, I'm holding this, okay, holding so it doesn't fall down. And I, I put some water in there, okay? But I don't have to hold it for two hours afterwards, do I? You know, I can just put it there. Oh my God, that's really nice, you know? That All our dukkha is about as much as that, you know what I mean? You carry a lot of heavy things, you know? 
But we need to be kind to this mind that carries a lot of heavy things because it doesn't respond well to nastiness, you know. <laughs> Nobody responds well to a nastiness. But the mind doesn't respond well to being, you know, pushed around and, you know, it's not an entity that knows what to do. The mind doesn't really know what to do, knows what to do. It, is not is not adapted to the to the moment here now. Do you understand? So what you do is that when you um, you know start treating your mind as if he knew, it doesn't knew, it doesn't know necessarily. That's why what we call e mind mind my and mine is uh, is an old story. Do you understand? It's not your story anymore. It's just an old story, and unfortunately, very often. It jumps into the moment and start start influencing your response from an old stories and the old past. Do you understand? That's why we learn to be in the present moment. Why? Because we stop wanting to carry on the 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 the, the old stories forever. But it doesn't. So it's not something you can believe. You have to have seen that again and again and again, a number of times when I'm kind of relaxed and fresh and not holding anything, oh, maybe I get a better answer. Do you understand? Or a better solution even, you know, a better response. You see? That's what you get, you, that's why you, you, you say the fruits of the practice that brings us to that kind of you know, feeling of being in contact with reality, with the way it is. Make sense? Yeah? Okay. Do you want to say any, any question? No? No, sorry, you already looked. Tanajan, I'm sorry, uh, another question. Um, is uh, the time itself is suffering? Time itself is time suffering. Is, yeah, <laughs> like the, the, very, the very time, because I was like waiting for, uh, for the, the meal or something, and I was like, uh, nothing really bothered me, but I was like feeling like, oh, uh, there is something quite, uh, not wrong, but uh, uh, subtle dukkha. There is nothing like uh, uh, nothing emotionally uh, like uh, wrong, uh, but this uh, very uh, feeling of life is like uh, somehow uh, unsatisfactory. Yes. Like we uh, and so uh, the um, the thought came that oh, actually it's uh, this suffering is the feeling of time. So yeah. like. Like we yeah. try to catch the time, but we, we can't, it's like uh, flows true. every time, so we, we suffer to, to catch it. Like, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yes, time is really born. <laughs> but time is a pain, you know. It's a, yeah, I have had this for many years, you know, I know the feeling, you know, because instead of just enjoying here and now, you can mind that your mind is, you know, even if you're not having any stories or anything to plan, 
is still have this, it's, an, it's called agitation, and you know, it's nothing so you know, extraordinary or magnificent. You know, it's just you're still restless. Do you know? Yeah. And also it's the habit of having something happening in time, do you understand? We are habituated to time. I notice that because now I don't feel that. In fact, I worked on it myself not that long ago, I, you know, in a way more kind of focused, you know. And what I noticed is that that the mind that is, uh, you know, creating time in a way is attached to an object, you know. It's like the, the time is like an object, yes? Later or past or something, yeah? And then I looked at my the senses, you know, the six senses. And uh, what I noticed is that you know, we, we look at, when we look at a beautiful tree or flowers, we look at a picture, you know, like a picture, but the time doesn't bother us, does when, especially when you like the colors and so on, you know, we're not bothered by the color or the beautiful plant or beautiful tree. You have your window is open on your eyes element, you know, and you feel quite good. When there's emptiness, you know, you don't have much, to, as you say, it's a kind of a feeling of time, but there's nothing there. You can't grab anything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I notice that this kind of uh, this. Uh, it's a bit like an addiction to having something in front of your, uh, you know, the, the 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 windows of the senses, right? Yeah, I noticed that for many years I noticed this discomfort of time, you know. I talked even to my teacher in Thailand, I remember. You know, the sense of... Um, it's like almost telling you, here is not enough, or not good enough, or yeah, yeah. But it's everywhere, it's like, uh, I think I even wrote it down, you know, it's like the, the eyes are the, um, you know, how can I say, it's like a window, it's easy to know, the ears as well, you know, another window from sound, and uh, and uh, because you have an eye on this space of time, you know, even there's nothing happening, you're not unhappy, you're not this, not that, but there's a grayishness, grayishness, you know, slightly gray, yeah? But if you look straight away at something you like, for example, the space of a lake or the space of a you know, of a Mediterranean or, you know, the beautiful lake of, uh, what is it, Germany is a lake down the south, you know, Lake Constance, that's right. <laughs> Constance Lake. Uh, you know, the windows are very happy, it's like they've got nice things in front, you know. So your windows are, you know, taking in all the good things you like. And time is another thing that is very, it's, it's kind of exciting the time, you know, time is restless, it makes you very restless, you know, you got to do this. And we love being restless, don't we? Oh my God, you know, you got to, going to do this, going to do that, wow, 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 you know, so I hope they're going to cut all this. But, you know, you, you, we are attached to, the, to excitement. I mean, you know that, don't you? Yeah? Having something new is fun, isn't it?
Yeah, new dress, new puppy now. Just new puppy. Yeah, you wouldn't mind a puppy, would you? Have you got one already? <laughs> yeah, anything new will be more exciting than just uh, just looking dis uninterested, particularly in the space of time. You know. <laughs> Maybe, maybe because uh, uh, new things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe because uh, new things uh, make us feel alive, and when nothing happens, we feel our death, <laughs> like in the present. Right, like right. you feel dead. Yeah. <laughs> And also the body likes to move, you know, the body likes to move. It's not like it's something bizarre or strange, you know, it's like... But physical body is happy to move, it makes it... It's easier for the body to function when it moves a bit, you know. That's why we do exercise and things, because I notice my, my toes get really stuck together, you know, when I get up, and I start kind of, you know, moving them around, and they all kind of, ooh, you know, stretch out themselves. <laughs> You can see like a little beast, you know, the sapling and they kind of stick, stick together, stick together, and then you start talking to them and putting them in the light and moving a bit of like this way, that way, and they all start, you know, little flowers, they're like going back to normal, well, almost normal. That's finished? Okay. <laughs> Three minutes. Um, you were talking a lot about the relationships with maybe someone or something that you feel you have to let go. In terms of kind of overcoming that, do you have any recommendations, maybe like a book that helped you overcome letting go? What you said, unfortunately, gotcha. there's a kind of resonance. I don't know in, the, in what you were saying. I'm so sorry about I'll that. <laughs> Why don't you turn it towards me? That's why I turned just like that. So I'm not because at the moment you're talking to these people. <laughs> um, I was just saying in terms of perfect <laughs> the relationship yeah. with maybe someone or something that you're trying to let go. Yeah. You know, you feel you need to let go. In terms of overcoming that, do you have any like, for yourself? If you could recommend like a book or something that. How do you overcome? How do you overcome when you want to sort of move out? Just really have to let go. Well, the person you're thinking, does she want, uh, does he or she want to move out too? No. 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 <laughs> I don't know, that kind of thing doesn't happen that much for me, because you become independent. <laughs> I've let go a long time ago. You know, I used to think once, one set of delusion plus one set of delusion, that's not going to work. Because in a way, I had already seen that the mind which is not trained is deluded, you know. <laughs> and it was very clear, it was very clear. But, you know, this is a test for you, isn't it? It might not be the first one, is it? Well, you have to do that, no? A big one. Eh? A big one. A big one. Yeah, bigger. Bigger, this one, yeah. 
Well, can you be a bit patient? I mean, patience helps, you know. Does that person know already? Yeah, there's a guess, guess. And what's the problem? Why can't you leave? Is that a big problem? You're not married or anything like that? You kind of cling on. Okay. You kind of cling on. You kind of cling on. I've lost you now. <laughs> you want to kind of move out, but you cling on. Ooh, that becomes very complicated to me. So you are kind of in state of doubt, so wondering what to do next. You know, I mean, you, you seem to be very clear about what you want and what's going on, you know. So I think, why don't you live day by day and see what happens? Because you're not sure. You know, you have a doubt. Right? Now, if you work with doubt, it's really wonderful, you know, because you can actually come to the point where you have no doubt at all. It's not because you've, uh, you know, chopped your brain in pieces, but because it just, you just don't have doubts. It's, you, know, you have confidence. It's different, you know. So, you're not sure? Stay with that feeling. I am not sure. I am, you, you do, you, that's the truth, isn't it? You're not sure that you want to leave. So, if you're not sure, make it conscious and see what happens. It will guide you. The making conscious will guide you. Something will happen you don't know yet. Maybe you fully love even more. Oh my God. <laughs> what did she say? I don't know. But maybe the other one will run away. You don't know. Your life is, life is you know, uh, and, and not, not certain, you know. That is life. Yeah. I would just, um, you know, since you share that with me and a few friends here, uh, you, know, you know that we are behind you <laughs> to do whatever you want, basically. I don't have any tips myself to do what you want to do, you know, because I've never had really a, such a... You know, such a thing. It's been I've had it one one time, you know, but it was more like, uh, yeah, it's not easy. I mean, I was torn myself, <laughs> yeah. but I had the guy. Life was really a good friend and a guide, you know, because really, it all happened to me completely smoothly and uh, you know, and wonderfully, you know. So we don't always know what to do, you know, but trust. Life, life. You're part of life. You're alive in here. Do you understand? And your mind and body are much, much bigger than you think. You know, it knows there's a lot of knowledge we have. A lot of knowledge that the the, the world or the you know the part of your mind you don't even know yet. You have a good reason for living for you. You have a good reason, but you you feel stuck a bit. Huh? You don't want to. Yeah. It's quite common, it's not uncommon, you know. When we love people, and they love you, but sometimes you have this message in you that you want to, to leave, you know. You want to, but you, you're not quite sure, so maybe why don't you stay another few months, you know, and see whether the world has gone, or you can do this, the sentence like me, you know, when I had the, gosh, it, keeping you three minutes more than four, that's all right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I was just a novice at Chitters the first time, 
you know, I was into, you know, I mean, I was a life of natural therapy, uh, everything organic, you know, driving a bicycle through London all the way to get my salad, organic salad and so on, you know. And then I go to Chitters and just, and have brown rice, of course, you know, but then I was into white rice at Chitters and the food, you never knew what was going to come, you know. And I had a sentence, the first few or three months when I was there, the sentence is, you, you know, regularly would come, you know, you're going to get sick. So I could have really believed that sentence, you know, if I had not been more enlightened, quote unquote, you know, how the mind works. I'm not enlightened as a Buddha, just to, to make sure that I'm not causing any confusion. Enlightenment means also you see clearly, you know, you know. So I knew it was just a sentence, because I don't know, I retreated to the Chinsomedo and already seen that before even, you know, I did not know what it was, but. So I listened to this thought, to this sentence for about three months. And after that, it disappeared, right, it disappeared. And shortly after that, I had, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm telling you, you can get some help, you know, you don't know where it's coming from, you know, but never mind. <laughs> I had, because I didn't want to leave, I was not going to leave my robe or my, you know, my training, no way. I have, you know, I have to make it work, you know. And so what happened is that one day I was eating and it's like a, a, a surge of yuppie, something I find yuppie, you know, really exciting. And it was, now you don't eat food, Sundara, you eat gratitude. I was really excited about it. It was so simple, you know. Yeah! You know? Gratitude. And, you know, I've been on white rice in Thailand for three years. You know, I went to the, you know, to many places. I could have got sick. And, you know, in Daodam, in a kind of rainforest in, La in Bangkok, in Thailand, you know, with uh, not the food that you, I would have expected when I was here, you know, going to, before I went to Thailand, you know. I was at my healthiest in the most difficult conditions, you know. That's why I want to give you the, you know, the, the encouragement to not lose heart. Do you understand? To not, not lose heart. Mm. Well, I think if you stop obsessing, you might find actually you like this person very much. You know, it's the obsession is really stressful, isn't it? Drive you nuts. No, 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 don't stress, you know. Do it with, with, a, with a caring um, heart, like you, your heart, you know, very kind, you know. It's like, yeah, you're kind to yourself, kind to others, you know. It's very courageous for you to come and say that here in public, you know, to share that. It's very nice. Well, I think we don't, I have a reputation to talk for too long, so I better start going. It's nice to be with you. It's lovely to be with all of you. And I do another one, um, which is, I think, another title. It's on the, oh my god. Anybody remembers? No, you've seen it? Anyway, it will be a surprise then. Okay. <laughs>